Art of Whatever, a music slash art podcast, and um, I'm Marcelino, and also, sorry, I should have told you who would go first. Uh, let's go in alphabetical order. Um, based on what, a name or on? Uh, name. Either way, you're first. Oh, no. I guess you're oh, yeah. It's you, it's Tony, because it's Antonio. Uh, All right, well, oh, yeah, so... but you're not the host, that's right, you're not the host. <laughs> Okay, so then it's Mars, Tony, and then me. Yes, yeah. All right. I'm not going to do the whole thing, just so, like, yeah. So, so I was just like, so, so, yes, this is Marcelino. This is uh, Tony. <laughs> and this is Carlos. So, yeah, so we talk about just historical things that, you know, happen with, uh, with mostly music, but we are also going to be doing, you know, sometimes art. At least I will. I don't know if everybody else will, but I think, yeah, I think most people will. Uh, I mean, I, I think we'll eventually get there, right? It's just uh, we're, we're, we're warming up to the, the format. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've yet to do anybody else uh, it, uh, that's not in music, I think, right? Well, I mean, there's nobody more important than musicians. I'm kidding. Uh, of course not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so okay. So anyone had any business? I mean, I got my Oscar picks. Oh, who, who, oh. Who, who's your Oscar yeah, picks? I mean, did you guys watch the Super Bowl? Uh, Were not... you guys offended by well, Shakira's uh, Indian chanty thing? Oh, I don't think. Oh, that's people... right. People were offended by that. I don't know, but I thought I honestly thought she was gonna get, you know, she was gonna get some shit for that. Well, you know oh. what. Well, you know what? If she did, um, well, I mean, I mean, I hope she didn't. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, it's but, not that I was looking forward to it. It's just that you know, with yeah, things. I mean, I mean, I I would hope not. Uh, but I I mean, I I appreciated it for one thing because that's that's part of her heritage to begin with. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't take that away from her, regardless. I yeah. thought she was uh, Arab. Weren't her parents immigrants or something like that, and they moved to uh, Colombia, and then there, you know, that's where she came, like, obviously, like, where she's, well, she got famous in Mexico more, obviously. I know her grandfather is, I can't remember on which side, um, is Lebanese. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he, and he migrated to, to Colombia, and then I think, I think his parents, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if her parents were born, born there or not. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they were i don't know oh okay cool maybe maybe not i don't know that part but i know that i mean obviously she she was born there but i know that her part of her you know part of her family is from lebanon so so yeah that's what that's what i know so i mean a lot of the stuff that they did show i think is part of her heritage which is why i'm saying like you know they either way if anybody was offended, no, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was just you know trying to fill in some the conversation. <laughs> but. No, 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 but but that 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 actually reminds me because uh, 
I did watch the. Uh, well, no. First, talk about your your Oscar picks since you already then since you brought <laughs> my that up. Oscar picks. Yeah, yeah. What are your Oscar picks, man? Okay, okay, okay. Well, just to be clear, I I haven't even seen the 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 show, the Super Bowl, the halftime show. I didn't even see it. I didn't see the game because I don't follow football or sport oh. that much. But I, you know, you see all the teams and you see all the all the stuff that comes out so that that's how i know that happened i uh-huh. don't even feel like but i guess you know you know how people say like the oscars are like the super bowl for for what is it for like i'm not nerds but i guess like yeah i guess yeah i guess movie nerds yeah that's right yeah See, originally, I thought you were going to say, it's like, oh, I haven't seen all of the movies that were picked. It's like, oh, that's okay. You'd be just like the rest of the people in the Academy. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, I, I haven't seen every... No, there's no way. There's too many, dude. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them. So so which ones are, are, are your... your uh, like, like, do you have one in every category? No, no, no. I just... Um, Chaitis and I made a... We did like 12 of what we thought were the like the bigger ones but okay. if you want, i can do just three or four i don't know which one do you think uh, are the strongest okay so look I'll, I'll rattle off the ones we did and then you guys tell me which one you see what i'm gonna do <laughs> okay we did best picture best actor best supporting actor best actress best supporting actress uh director uh animated feature Original screenplay, adapted screenplay, cinematography, uh, production design, and editing. Ooh. Well, let's go through some of the big ones. I'm, I'm actually pulled up the list here. Uh, let's look at actor in a leading role. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So for actor, I I picked uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Well, why over everybody else in, in that? Well, list? it's because okay, we and so, some of them were like, okay. This is for sure who's going to win. We we didn't do the, the who do we want to win. We oh, went okay. we went more cold hearted. We're like who is you know like we're replacing bets kind of. Oh. Uh-huh. You see, there's a few in in this list that I haven't seen all of them. And because okay, so the list is Antonio Banderas in Pain, in Pain and Glory. I haven't seen that Leonardo one. Leonardo DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I fell asleep during that one, but not because uh, the movie was bad, just because I was super, super tired. <laughs> to be fair, the first time I watched it, I did fall asleep. I did fall asleep, excuse me, but because I was super tired and I watched it the next day, I was like, yeah, this movie's kick-ass. Anyway, uh, Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Haven't seen Joaquin it. Joaquin Phoenix and The Joker, obviously, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Yeah, I think I only saw Joker. <laughs> So you only saw like one in like a quarter. But I mean, you know, he's gonna win it. <laughs> All right. Where, where'd you get? No, where'd you get this it. list from? Sorry. Uh, oh, here. Um, it's uh, just what did I type in? I just googled Oscars nominees 2020 uh, question mark. Or I don't know like why that. I thought you. I thought you had that ready already. I was like, wow, you you can't prepare, but uh, again, no, I get. Just... <laughs> no, well, yeah, that, that's my. I'm, again, I'm going based on, not going on what they did. I'm going based on what is most likely to happen. Okay, cool, cool. I feel that, I feel that. So what's the next one, the, the next one that you want to go into? Best picture, I picked Parasite. 
it's not gonna win. About this one. It's, it's not gonna win. It's probably gonna be 1917. But I, I'm going off of for the last three years. It's been um, directors from outside the U.S. Okay, although all three of them were Mexican. But maybe they'll continue with the trend and they'll go for a Korean director now. Hmm. I mean, uh-huh. Korean movie. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, Best Picture, Parasite, Best Actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Best Actress, uh, I'm sure they're going to go with ScarJo. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. And then for Director, I picked Scorsese. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if they're going to, again, right there, I don't know if they're going to do it, but I went with Scorsese. Just the, the last one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, well, I'm going to do two more. I'm going to do screenplay and original screenplay and cinematography. Okay. Okay. So for screenplay, I went with Parasite. Ooh. I'm sure, um, I mean, I think they're going to give it to Tarantino. But Parasite. At, at some point, they got to give something to Parasite. I mean, I hear that movie's been like no, well, phenomenal. It's, it's gonna win foreign film. Oh, oh yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like a given, you know? Like, yeah, I was gonna say that's just just a given. Yeah. I, I I also picked Parasite for editing, so. Okay. But yeah, and then for cinematography, 1917. All right. Okay. Have you guys seen, seen that 1917? No. I, I've been meaning to. It looks really good. I mean, ever since I saw the trailer come out, I was just like, holy shit, this looks fucking great. But I haven't had a chance to see it, to be honest. I mean, from, you know, even like the best picture ones, let me find that list again. You know, I've seen, you know, The Irishman, yeah. Joker, uh, Once Upon a Time. And that's about it. But I mean, like, Marriage Story, I have no excuse. That's on Netflix, you know, 1917. Yeah. A little bit more excusable. Parasite. Uh, I tried to watch it a couple times, but now I think it's officially out. Um, a buddy of mine recommended Jojo Rabbit. He said it was a great movie. Um, Irish yeah, movie. I liked it. It's yeah, been getting yeah. a lot of hate. Well, really? I guess from the people I follow. Uh, I heard it was great. I heard it was like a fucking lovely movie. Yeah, I liked it. It's really cool. And then like Ford versus Ferrari, because I, I just know that's going to be a fun movie with Christian Bale, you know, doing his... Christian Baleness of like you know fucking up his body and for, for the art. Oh God. No <laughs> <laughs> so, seriously, because I recently I, I watched uh, him in Vice uh, that one. Uh, who directed it? The Dick Cheney one. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Like sometimes I forget. I, I mean, and this is me. I don't I don't know good acting from bad acting that well. You know, I'm just a, a layman. But, I mean, I mean, you guys, you could tell between like novelas and movies. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, we grew up with novelas, so that's that's the, the plus. Side. I know that's that's like the the epitome of acting for me from like <laughs> ages, from like ages like two to <laughs> till now, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, all I'm saying is like I'm no professional critic, but yeah, you know, uh, like when I was watching him in Vice. It just felt, uh, I was like, holy shit, I'm watching, like, this isn't Dick Cheney, this is fucking Christian Bale, like, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's just a, like a really great movie. This is Batman. It's just Batman, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I mean. any picks of your own? Oh, uh, picks of my own? You know, like, I always feel like, 
Mm, okay, let me look through the list. All right, well, a disclaimer for me, I don't. <laughs> I don't only only because uh, only because I don't watch a lot of movies, and it's not not that I don't want to. It's just that for one thing, like the hype gets lost on me. I don't know. I don't know why. I just does. I. Well, I mean, um, do you have like a, a, a something that that you watch, like whether it be like a comp- a competition of some sort, sports or arts or whatever. Uh, or like what's that show? The the baking show? Uh, nailed it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Great British Bake Off, but yeah, well, <laughs> that well, one's fucking great. I mean, I've watched. It, it's funny because my mom actually watches watched more of that than I ever did. Really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, and and I mean, and she she mostly speaks Spanish, so like, <laughs> I don't even remember her watching it with subtitles, but I mean, yeah, I, I I went through like. Four seasons of that, I think, of the Great British Bake Off. Oh, really? It, it's good. I mean, I, I like I, I would have it in the background, but every once in a while, you know, just get lost. Like, oh shit! But yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'm just I guess I'm just bored. Because the thing is that I don't binge. I don't like to binge things. I don't know. I'm I'm really boring. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really don't. I I can't I can't binge watch like uh, a series. Even even if it's interesting to me or if I find it fun, like I just I don't know. It just I feel like it takes time away from me. Yet I don't use that time productively. I don't know. I, I mean that's true. <laughs> it's also I, I think it also has to deal with like my anxiety because I feel like oh like I need to be doing something else and I have like other things to do in my mind and then it's just like and then I end up not doing anything and. Damn, Mars, you beat the system. That's awful. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, the rest of us go over here and binge something Mars is going to be doing, something productive. Yeah, but I don't. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. I don't do anything productive. I, I mean, once in a while, like once in a blue moon, I guess. But um, <laughs> No, but I the, the thing that I did watch was uh, the Grammys, and that's because uh, my boyfriend watches it every year. And um, I'm not really, like, I've never really been about it, um, but I actually enjoyed this last time. That was, so that was, like, that was, like, two Sundays ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a few Sundays ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, um, Billie Eilish got a lot of awards. I just, Uh, I, well, yeah, besides that, I heard that, um, well, actually, two days ago. Uh, someone was telling me that Aerosmith performed with uh, Run DMC, but that, oh. that it was really, really, really bad. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like, um, man, I guess it just flew right over me. Oh, um, but yeah, like, I, well, like I said, I mean, other than that, um, I thought I had more to say about it. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Tony, you got your picks, cause oh, you know what? Like I, I was gonna say, like with with the picks, with with that, I always feel like I, I feel bad judging on it because I haven't seen everything. So like, say I watch everything, I'd be like, okay, well then I can make a better decision, you know? Or I feel like just more informed decision because I'm like I'm not a movie critic. I'm just somebody who really really enjoys watching a lot of movies, you know? Yeah. So I mean, from like even just the actor in the leading role. 
you know, I've, I've seen Once Upon a Time and Joker. And mm. honestly, like, I heard Pain and Glory was fucking great. My brother and my girlfriend told me Marriage Story is amazing. And I've heard a lot of great things about Two Popes. And I like Jonathan Price. You know, all these actors individually I do like. But I, I would feel it'd be kind of like cheating too much to be like, oh, yeah, uh, Joker just because I saw it. Or, you know, Once Upon a Time because Leo was awesome in this one. Which he was, but and but so was Joaquin Phoenix, but that's that's so I'm I'm just gonna like watch the, the uh, I'm not watch the Oscars I'm just wait for them to come out and then just silently judge them once they do. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I think it's the easier thing. Yeah. You you know I did I did get something out of going back to I guess the Grammys I did get um something out of it i guess because um there was this one uh album that um was you know was um in the you know whatever it's called the category not the category um it was nominated for like uh-huh. best album i believe um and it's this uh, and it's this girl that i haven't heard of um her name's yola and and it's funny because like in that in just a little preview that they show you know like for like all the albums or like the songs or whatever, like I heard I heard that little preview, and that like automatically was just like oh I need to listen to this because it it was just like up my alley I guess, wow. and, and and it was, and, and yeah so I started listening to it and it's funny because like it just reminds me of, it's one of two ways it reminds me of Carol King, or it would be somebody that would have influenced Carol King. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's what the album sounds like. It's just very it's it's just kind of like folksy and like I don't know. It was really nice because it's like very and then it sounds very like um like seventies like folksy. I don't know. I can't. I, I'm very bad at describing that. But but yeah, like I listened to that and it was I don't know. It, I I really enjoyed it. But yeah. That sounds interesting. I'd like to listen to that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> I have more. Um, I have more trouble find not not finding but listening to new music. Than, yeah. I guess that's why I watch more movies because even what I listen to, I, I'm constantly playing stuff on my phone, but it's mostly podcasts. Like it's, it's. I mean, not super rare, but it's rare when I play an actual new artist and let alone a whole album yeah yeah well i mean because i don't normally do that either but i i've been trying to do that more um especially since like i mean for years i was kind of like off the the grid when it came to like new music and stuff and so like recently i've started to do that um and like really the genre doesn't really matter to me like um, I guess as long as I like it, but but yeah, I mean that 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 album just so happened to be something that I like, and I don't know. I just wanted to mention it. Oh yeah, yeah. But okay. All right. Should we uh, move on to the to the meat of the episode? I guess so. So let's hit this. Ah, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the. Um, it's it's not a story. It's more of a, I guess, a short report again. 
Okay. Um, this time I'm gonna focus it on the parental advisory stickers on CDs. Oh. So I'm sure we've all seen them, and uh-huh. I'm sure a lot of people know this story already because it's very famous. But oh, really? I-, I actually don't know it. Oh well, here we go. Hell <laughs> yeah. Okay. So parental advisory st- stickers. Uh, they weren't actually required till the mid '80s. So before that, you know, it was basically it was a wild west. Free-for-all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you had your sections. You know, the the way people used to talk about uh, like Red Fox's records or George Carlin's records, where they were quote unquote party records because you would only play them. Like for parties with adult people around, because there it was blue, uh, blue material and cussing and you know things you wouldn't you wouldn't play around kids. Uh huh. Yeah. So they were called party records, but they didn't have a, a label or a warning or you know watch out, don't play this for your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, in the eighties. With the whole, um, I mean, you know, you, you got every era of music has its, uh, or art for that matter, or just society in general keeps pushing uh, boundaries. So, you know, uh, back in the, to keep it short, back in the 50s, you had Elvis and, you know, they wouldn't show him from the waist down because he was thrusting his hips and that was too sexual for TV. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, later on in the in the 70s, you have uh, Meg Jagger doing that dance to the thousandth degree. And, you know, you start getting lyrics that, besides being double entendres, they're actually now saying actual words like, you know, fuck or X, Y, or Z uh, reference you want to make to drugs or or sex, or violence. So in the 80s, you have your Motley Crues with, you know, songs like Girls, 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 or you uh, have, yeah. uh-huh. you start having uh, your your whole metal scene talking about, you know, dismember this, or, you know, mm-hmm. more, more graphic violence. Well, yeah. I, and I, language I, in general. Uh-huh. And um, there was a group of, uh, it got started by four women, actually. It's called the PMRC. Those are the initials. The actual name is the Parents Music Resource Center. And that was formed in 1985 by four women who were called... um, who are called the Washington Four because these four women, I'm not sure if they still are married, but at the time, just because I, I didn't take time to research that part, <laughs> but at the time they were married to politicians. So uh, the four women that made up the, the PMRC uh, were, um, the most famous one would be Tipper Gore who was wife of Al Gore. Uh-huh. Yeah, she she was like uh, the the um, 
the head of the committee, or at least the most, the one uh, She's like the, the that got the child of it, right? Yeah, she got like the whole focus of it, and she became well, yeah, she became the the spokesperson in a way. She's like the rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was the rock star of the group, and uh, so they came together in, in 1985. They were. Um, Again, Tipper Gore, Susan Baker, Pam Hauer, and uh, Sally Nevius. So these women came together, came up with a, a list of songs. Uh, the list is called the Filthy Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, is there anything more fucking? I don't know. Just like. That's, that's lame. But lame and cool, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you start getting your alliteration and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah so, so they, they um, handpicked 15 songs to use as, as the, the basis for their, for their case for um, censorship of, of um, certain material deemed not suitable for mainly for younger audiences be it teens or obviously kids the the 15 songs they picked i'm gonna go through them okay. uh, so they picked Dar- uh well i'm gonna go through song artist and why it was uh picked okay cool okay so it's gonna be darling nikki which is from prince that that was uh deemed I guess not great because of it references sex and masturbation. Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton because of sex. Mm-hmm. Eat Me Alive by Judas Priest for sex and violence. <laughs> this is a very funny title. Uh, Strap On Robbie Baby <laughs> <laughs> by a group. This is the first group that I don't know. They're called Vanity for mm-hmm. sex. Uh, next song is called Bastard by Molly Crew. For violence and vulgar language. Next one is "Let Me Put My Love Into You" from ACDC <laughs> for sex. Yeah, a lot of these titles are like not yeah. subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next one is "We're Not Gonna Take It" by by Twisted Sister for violence. Next one is "Dress You Up" by Madonna for sex. Um, "Animal" parentheses fuck like a beast. <laughs> <laughs> by wasp for sex vulgar language and violence next one is high and dry parentheses saturday night by def leopard for drug and alcohol use next one's into the coven by merciful fate for speaking about the occult thrashed by black sabbath for drug and alcohol use in my house by mary jane girls for sex and then the last two are gonna be possessed by venom for occult references the last one is she bob by cindy lopper for sex and masturbation references wow, i wasn't expecting her to be on there <laughs> right i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty varied you know they didn't go straight for one thing you know you have pop you have metal you have uh well at least they didn't discriminate <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I I guess the only thing, well, no, 
Yeah, I was gonna say because the only thing that that was missing was hip hop, but it wasn't that big. You know, it was still you know barely oh, get popular. Yeah, mm. that's true. But yeah, you got hair metal, uh, thrash metal, black metal. I guess the most you got is metal, and then yeah. some pop with Cindy Lauper and Madonna, and some R and B with Prince and Sheena Easton and and uh, and the uh, Mary Jane girls. But yeah, so those those were the 15 songs that they handpicked uh, to build their their uh, case around. And in August of 1985, that's when um, when they stated their case. And right away from the get go, uh, record companies were they said, okay, yes, we're we're putting. Um, we're putting the the parental guidance explicit lyrics warning on on albums and um for the case obviously uh the four women for the pmrc were were part of the hearings and on on the artist side they had uh people or musicians mostly well since it's uh it was john denver was one of them uh d snyder uh, Frank Zappa. Uh, let me see who else was part of the of the list. Rob Halford from from uh, Judas Priest. Um, they were all part of the. Um, it wasn't necessarily a defense, you know, because they weren't going to find anyone guilty. But they were making the the case that this was censorship, that this was uh, infringing on rights on people that were not teenagers or children and in some cases like for example Dee Snyder he's the lead singer of Twisted Sister um one of the songs they they picked from his apart from from we're not going to take it it's a, a song called Under the Blade and the PMRC was making the case that this was a song about suicide and violence, but Dee Snyder said, "Well, clearly this is a song about uh, an actual operation and just the, um, I guess the drama of going under and not knowing if you're gonna come back or not." He's like, "But if you're trying to find a case against, you know." Uh, suicide or a case for suicide and all that. He's like, you cer- you certainly can, but that's just their interpretation. So you know you're well, arguing about interpretations and what words mean. Yeah, yeah, because there there also lies a problem. It's just that like they're obviously not going to think the same what the message is, or if there even is a message. Well, I mean, if you're trying to find something bad and just like looking for something actively bad, you're gonna find it. I mean. This reminds me of the whole backmasking thing during that time. Uh, backmasking? I don't, I don't know the term. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah like well, when a bunch of politicians were saying that the musicians were hiding uh, uh, hidden messages oh, okay. in their music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like it kind of reminds me of that. So people would like, you know, one example was "Stairway to Heaven" is like, and they start spinning it backwards. It's like, but before you listen to it. They tell you, it's like, watch, he says Satan. So your mind's already thinking, like, oh, I'm going to expect to hear Satan. So anything oh. that sounds backward, yeah, it's just one of those 
yeah. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. You left. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, uh, I remember that, and actually, that's part of the case. They, they did spin the the um, Judas Priest song that I had mentioned before. Spun it backwards because they were saying that it had, you know, hidden messages. And when you, there's video of it, and if you see it, it sounds like uh, they're saying do it, and it's just like do it, do it twice. But uh-huh. you don't know what it is referring to, you know? And yeah. Well, the, the case they were making is that the song was about suicide again. For some reason, every metal song is about suicide. <laughs> and uh, and actually, a kid had uh, did actually commit suicide. And apparently, he was, you know, a big fan of Judas Priest. So that was part brought up as part of the case. And um, it's sort of, you know, the way video games have been pinned down for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years that they're inciting violence and and uh, that they should be regulated, which, I mean, they are regulated, but I guess stricter regulations. But uh, mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, the hearings, uh, they didn't go that long, actually. They ended, so they started in August and they ended in November, same year, 1985. Uh, and by that time, the... Um, the record companies again had fully agreed to start uh, having albums be printed with the parental advisory sticker. This, it's again, it's just an advisory. It's not a a uh, we won't sell this to to uh, a minor. It's sort of uh, it's the same as in movies actually. So if you're gonna go watch an R-rated movie as a minor, you have to go accompanied by an adult. Uh-huh. So the same way with records. If you were going to get one of these parental advisory records, your parents have to buy it for you. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't that you were banned, banned from, from buying it. Or that you were going to get incarcerated or that, you, <laughs> you know, it's just, um, it's just a warning. Well, do you think people thought that at the time? That's the thing. I don't, th- I think that's just, me looking back on it i guess back then it was more of a well because because like it's it's brand because it's brand new at the time so like i I could imagine people just being like well you know like it's complete it makes it makes it illegal or something and or like a criminal act exactly i guess that was a fear that eventually you know like in everything oh too much government control eventually you know they're gonna try to take our or free speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but I remember, like, from, uh, like, you know, also hearing, because uh, it's funny that you mentioned this topic, because at one point I had, like, this down on the list. I was like, oh, this is uh, an interesting topic to talk about. Uh, but what I remember hearing from, like, other places was that once you had that parental advisory sticker as a teenager or what have you, you knew you had the good one, right? Like, yeah, like, oh, fuck, this album doesn't have all the the curse words or it doesn't have the cool song so let's not get that one or you know where not to go get a record uh that you know because i know walmart doesn't sell anything that's parental advisory or something like that right that's one of the of the notes i have right here that walmart was actually the first the first big store to refuse to carry any records with parental advisory stickers Ah. 
I haven't been to a Walmart or 20 C- CD section in forever. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I couldn't corroborate this. Well, right well, yeah, yeah. no, because because they're usually very small, and and I think Target has a smaller selection. I th- I think even yeah. But I think- see, Target does sell them because I have a a memory of when I was uh, okay, it's a long time ago. I had bought the album. I think it was Demon Days. I can't, I think it was Demon Days by Gorillaz. I'm not sure if it was that album or another album that I bought, but, like, I, I want to say that one had, like, a parental advisory sticker. Yeah. And the guy's all, like, kind of looking at me, and the guy was just, like, you know what, dude, I really like this album, I'm not going to fucking, like, he, he was cool about it, from what I remember. And, like, I looked old enough, or something like that. So he didn't card me or some shit. I guess if you knew, you know, or the guy was, uh cool about it you know like yeah 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 well <laughs> I, I also think he was just more excited about the records like oh this is a really great records like oh yeah man oh yeah didn't even matter yeah <laughs> or it didn't matter who you were make a buck yeah <laughs> and just as a as a funny um anecdote uh-huh. um one of the first albums to get the the sticker it was an album by Frank Zappa, and it's called Jazz from Hell, and it's got a song on it called G-Spot Tornado, but mm-hmm. it's all instrumental. It doesn't have any lyrics. Uh, so it's just so, the title. Apparently, yeah, apparently it's probably because of Hell and because of G-Spot Tornado, but the the record is all instrumental. You showed me that one, Carlos, and that like has a like two dancers accompanying it. It's pretty fucking cool. It's intense. It's fucking cool to watch because it's like just a whole orchestra thing, right? Yeah, it was a like an orchestral thing, and the the dancer thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was composed as a dance, as a modern dance piece, but at least in that video, there there are two dancers. Uh, yeah, I remember you showed me that. That was really fucking cool. I think you showed me that too. Probably not the same time, but I think you did show me that too. I. Well, you showed me. I, mean, I, showed, I me. showed. I showed everyone that I could. <laughs> <laughs> I showed everyone they would let me. <laughs> and um, beyond that, just um, to make some some last. Uh, points on that it was um again like tony said so some of the reactions from musicians were you know this is actually gonna help us sell sell more records i mean uh, just because you know kids or people in general are gonna want what's uh what's uh prohibited or i guess or what is forbidden fruit yeah well, prohibition never worked, really. So I guess yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and there were lots of, I mean, as expected, lots of uh, songs made after the fact, um, criticizing or just downright, you know, saying "fuck you" to the PMRC. <laughs> and and there's a lot. There's like there's there's a lot, but. Just for some uh, some lyrics, uh, there's some um, lyrics from Ice T, 
famous for <laughs> Law and Order. <laughs> I guess he, I guess now he's more known for Law and Order than his actual rap uh, career. Yeah. I think so. He's more of a TV movie star than than well now no more known as you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, uh, so he has a track that I I have not heard, but it's called Freedom of Speech. And and uh, so the lyrics, some of the lyrics go like this. Hey, PMRC, you stupid fucking assholes. The sticker on the record is what makes them sell gold. Can you see, you alcoholic idiots? The more you try to suppress us, the larger we get. Uh, so I'm not as cool as delivering it as he is. But <laughs> I'm sure that had more attitude and more more of a rhythm. Horses 90s. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, another another little tidbit. Um, you guys know the song Mother by Danzig, right? Mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, you land your tongue. You know the song, Mars? Uh, I think it's, yeah, it sounds familiar. Well, okay. Just in case. Okay. If you don't, you can listen to it later. But So that song, Mother, is actually about the PMRC. No shit. Yeah, I didn't know this either. And I mean, you know, that's like the Danzig song. Like that's the only one I know. I'm not a big Danzig Yeah, exactly, person. exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's the Danzig song. And uh, so the lyrics, some of the lyrics say, Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. Tell, tell your children not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say. So basically, you know, mother is uh, the PMRC or just oh, the public shit. in general. You know, just don't don't listen to my stuff if you're not gonna, <laughs> if you're not down with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, because again, that's the that's the song uh, everyone knows, and um, just to uh, to cap off the previous. <laughs> the previous I, uh, Ice Tea song. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently, Ice Tea uh, is quoted as saying, "Tipper Gore is the only woman I ever directly called a bitch <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> on any of my records." And and then he he goes on. He says. And I meant that in the most negative sense of the word. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Wow. But. Uh, how, how old was she? Oh, oh you know? that's a good question. Because well, I'm, 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 I'm imagining her as this, like, you know, like a lady in her 50s. But I realize that that's probably her now. I mean, I'm I'm sure she was about Al Gore's age back then. I mean, right now he's what in his sixties. I'm guessing. So I'm 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 estimating that she was like in her mid thirties. Well, I mean, I by remember. then he was already. What, what year did you say it was again? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. So maybe I don't know. That's about seven years before he was in in the in the in the White House, right? Yeah, because he was uh, for Bush, right? He was... Uh, no, for, uh, no Clinton. for Clinton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's probably like seven years. So he had to be over 35. 
That's, I mean, we have the internet, right? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, here, I'm going. No, yeah, I'm on it. I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it to myself. Oh, no. He's he's 71. No way. Yeah, he's 71. Holy crap. Wow. Damn, then he must have been in his 40s or something. She's she's 71, too? Shit. Then, yeah, so, yeah, yeah she's here, right? 40s, then. <laughs> 71. Well, she we was gave him, we, she we was gave born him more credit. 48. Okay, no, she was actually 37, because she was born in 48. Oh, okay. Well, still. She was, she was 37. Oh, but you got to think, back then, 30, late 30s was like... <laughs> that was like, old. Yeah, it was just like... Except now that when, now that we're 30, it's not old anymore. No, it was not. <laughs> it really isn't. We just keep telling ourselves that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you know. Like, but, uh, like it's just one of those, like, go back to your high school self. It's like, hey, I'm 30. It's like, oh, you're going to get, like, an involuntary, like, like, oh, coming from your younger self or something. Oh, God, a shudder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, just, go, just getting back to it and just to finish off, there... I mean, that was the biggest, I guess, that was the 15 minutes of uh, fame for the PMRC. It did go on. Uh, it disbanded in the mid-90s. But, I mean, after those hearings, there was really nothing else relevant about them. Mm-hmm. They they got the the they sticker. To the sla- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, you know the the labeling of the sticker, and that was really that was really it. I mean, they continued on for ten years, but again, they didn't really do anything besides that. But I mean, that one thing they did, you know, it's still yeah. going on today. Yeah. And I mean, eventually, I'm. Well, right now I'm just speaking out of conjecture, but I'm positive that this had an influence on on uh, video games now. And, oh yeah. You know the the this this is a precedent to do the same for video games, as I'm sure doing ratings for movies was the same for for music and other art forms. Have you guys seen? Um, it's uh, um, I forgot the movie with uh, Val Kilmer. Um, let me get the the title real quick. It's from the eighties. He he plays. It's sort of a parody of uh, spy movies. But let me just get the the title real quick. Top Secret. I have not seen that one. Okay, so that that movie's from eighty four, nineteen eighty four. And it has a lot, like a ton, a ton, a ton of of, uh, of uh, innuendo. Like there's a part where they're in a jail, and a guy gets uh, a, a a box, like a gift, and it's <laughs> it's like a a, um, a sort of a, a gun, but at the end of it, it's it's got a like a fist, and so you know it it goes out and it retracts, goes out and retracts, 
And, you know, it's meant for him to fist himself. Dude, but okay, it's 84. Can you guys guess the, the rating? PG-13. No. No. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let Mars guess, too, just so I can tell each it of has you. To, it has time. to be something ridiculous like PG. Yeah, it's a, it was a PG movie. Yep. Holy shit. It was well, PG, dude. <laughs> I figured because, that's what it was. Yeah, because uh, um, PG-13 wasn't a thing yet. Oh shit! Uh, so you know, the, so you know the 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 current uh, rating system for movies that's fairly recent too. At least within our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, within the last, I guess, forty years. Forty years. Holy shit! <laughs> so yeah, you know, just just as a frame of reference. <laughs> It's funny because I remember going to my very first PG-13 movie, and it was Scary Movie 3, and I was so, <laughs> I was so proud of myself because I had just learned 13, 13 you know, and yes. like, <laughs> but that was like the first time that I ever saw anything that was like, I guess, not forbidden, but you know what I mean? like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, edgier, racier. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, I, I I figured, like I said, I figured because because you're right. I I guess ratings were different at the time. Yeah, I was just amazed that you know that when I saw it, I was like, no way, this was PG. <laughs> but yeah, oh, lots. Man. I mean, you know, Blazing Saddles was PG too. Oh, but man. basically, that's that's the end of my my report. <laughs> Very well done. Well, yeah. That was good. That was fun. I would have, I would have never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the '80s, you know. Shit, God, <laughs> the '80s were so backwards. Like, I mean, I just think, you know, I guess, you know, like in what is it, Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah, I just kind of I pretty just, much every like running loose, like fucking. Yeah, exactly, running loose, and and then the '90s, they kind of got. I guess not PC, but you know it wasn't the same. Yeah. I think I think this that we're going, not I'm not placing any judgment on it being bad or good for either decade, but I think the current climate we're in, it's uh, you know it's still fallout from the 80s. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it always kind of feels like that. There's always like a big rise of you know. Let's just say, for lack of better words, in like uh, like expression, like the '60s, and there was a hangover of the of the '70s, and maybe part of the '80s, and then again flare up in the '80s, and then the hangover from that from the into the '90s and 2000s, in a way. Uh, what yeah, a cycle. I, mean, I just think of it as a pendulum. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Like, that is a very good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. no. well, well, good job, man. Yeah, good job. I mean, yeah, that was right, good. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So I guess I'll go next, right? Yep. I mean, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. So for mine, um, I'm actually going way far. 
opposite spectrum of what I did last week, because um, that was a lot more modern, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm actually going back in time, very, very back in time, um, to the mm, 11th century. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I want to take a guess. Is this about a woman? Uh-huh. Yeah, you okay. know. Can I oh, guess? Okay, okay. Yeah, Does you can start guess. With oh, an okay. H and a uh-huh. B? Uh-huh. Okay, okay, cool, cool, Okay, cool. I have the same guess. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Did we go to the same school? Did we have the I, same teachers? I guess. Uh, maybe we might have. The Middle Ages were just, I don't know. I, they, they weren't interesting to me, which is funny because, like, I don't, I don't know. Now I think I look back on it and it's like, wow, there's so there was so much stuff that like that is just so reminiscent of like what. Anyway, I don't know, forget it. Anyway, so yeah, so like I said, I'm going back in time to uh, back to uh, 1098. Okay, so yeah, so y'all guessed it. So I'm talking about Hildegard Hildegard of Bingen. I can't say that. <laughs> Bingen. Bingen, there you go. Hildegard of Bingen. Um, and I wanted to talk about a woman because, I mean, it just so happened that we haven't really... But I, I guess you talked. You, you did talk about Stevie Nicks, so never mind. Well, a little bit, but I mean, I, I still agree. It has been, a, for lack of a better word of saying, like a sausage fest on our topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh... I mean, I just talked about a woman, but I guess not oh. in a positive light. <laughs> So Hildegard was born in Germany in in 1098. There's not a real date to when she was born, but that's the year. And I wanted to talk about her because there's actually a lot a lot of history regarding her, obviously. But I mean, it's it's pretty interesting because like there's not a lot of history in general from that time, like from anywhere. And also the fact that you know, like she's a woman that has so much recorded history that you know it's it's just i don't know very interesting um and she was <laughs> she was the 10th of i believe 12 children and she was essentially sold to the church um as a tithe um at the age of eight um when she was around two, three years old um she started to have to see visions and so there were, you know, there were God-given visions and everything. But she didn't really tell anyone because they kind of, you know, they were obviously very weird. And But they, they scared her, as you know, so that's why she didn't really talk about it. Um, and like I said, she was born into a wealthy family. And that's the, and that's the main reason why she even got an education, obviously. Um, and she was, so at the age of eight, she was handed off to an actress. And her name was Yuda. And at the time, she was a very young woman, um, maybe like around her 20s, I believe. And and what she did was basically, you know, she was she was kind of like a nun, but she was kind of she was more of a hardcore nun, where uh, essentially she would an anchoress would basically put herself in a room and basically live out her life there, and she would they would do nothing but like prayers and studying and contemplation. And and for a woman, you know, like the thing was, you know, stitching. Um, that was one of the main things that I saw in there. So yeah, so like I said, they had stricter rules, and 
and all the anchoresses and anchors, because um, there was men that did this too, um, had a little window that basically, you know, you'd get everything handed to you there. So like food and whatever. And it was usually inside that that window would usually face the church or would be inside. So you could see like the church and you could hear like the sermons and mass and whatever. And so from the age of eight, and she studied with her till till Yuda basically died. I uh, I wrote it down here somewhere when she died, but I can't find it. So yeah, so so Hildegard felt very stifled. Even even throughout her education, um, she just felt very stifled because. So I have a theory, I guess, that she probably had ADHD because she would get very distracted specifically though by like the music that was going on like in the church because i mean that's essentially what church was like it was a lot of it was a lot of singing a lot of plain chant so yuda died uh when hildegard was 38 and after she died she became the head of the convent for the nuns so she confided with yuda about her visions but she also talked to this uh, to another monk, to a monk, and his name was Volmar. And these were the only two people that knew about her visions. And Volmar basically kind of became a secretary for her. Um, he was the one that would basically write down her visions because um, her visions were very, very... Uh, uh, I can't think of the word now. They're just very hardcore, I guess, intense. to her. Mm. Yeah, they were very intense, yeah. So, uh, but the, 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 I mean, are you going to get to what the visions were about? Or off? I'm, I'm, I'm asking not to put you in the spotlight. I'm asking spot. just to, so, so I don't get you out of order. Out of oh, your... uh, no, and you know what? And Or does uh, she talk about it? I mean, she must. She 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 does talk about him. The thing is, is that she talks about him about them in her books, and oh, okay, I see, I see. And, and and her books are like huge. It wasn't like it wasn't public knowledge. It was more of her 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 uh, journals. She wrote three books, um, and I'll talk about them. But um, okay, yeah, so but she wrote yeah, but she wrote three books, and and from what I've from what I've seen, like they're they're massive books. And, and and they don't I mean they, they talk about these visions obviously but they talk about like a bunch of other things as well. Um so yeah. I mean she was there all day, you know. I don't think yeah. she <laughs> Yeah, well and, and the main reason why she did get a lot of these visions were because of her uh, she had migraines throughout her life and they were they were so intense that like they would leave her bedridden yeah. for for days. So so yeah, I, I, so I believe she started doing this in 1141, um, and she, well, and the thing about her is that she had a late start to basically to her, I guess her career, um, but probably like in her 40s is when she started doing everything and and all that. Let's see, um, but even then, when she had these visions. Um, like I said, um, her her secretary Volmar would write them down, but even then, like she she still had doubts about them, and she was a very smart woman. So what she did is that she 
she knew that she had to get him approved by the Catholic Church, so she went to the Pope and talked to him and, you know, telling him that, oh, you know, like, these, this is what these visions are and everything, and basically that I need to get them approved by you. And, and she was so, like I said, she was so smart and, like, so well-versed and so well-spoken that she was able to do that. She was able to convince the Pope to make her visions um, essentially canon and, you know, encouraged her to keep doing this as, as long as she could, I guess. Sorry, sorry. So are these part of the scripture now or canon in what sense? Well, a canon and I guess the the scholar part of this, I guess the scholarly like way. I don't know. I, I can't okay, explain. Okay, no, that. no, yeah. So, so these would be like um, um, what are they called? Like supplemental texts. You know, they would be add-on add-ons to the Bible. They yeah. would be DLCs to the Bible game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah, cool, cool. yeah, yeah. And I mean, cause I mean, cause these visions have their purpose obviously and so it just it, it just like you said it just went with um with whatever the scripture was i guess i don't i don't know like i said i, I didn't really go into it and i probably should have but no 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 i'm yeah. just asking for you know, just <laughs> yeah curiosity yeah, yeah yeah no but i but i think they were like i said i think they were more scholarly because even after the when she wrote these three books, I mean, she's she wrote these three books, and um, but she wrote other stuff because she she wasn't just you know like a uh, a composer. She was also um, uh, essentially like a doctor, and um, she okay. she learned a lot about science. So her well, her first book was called uh, Skivias, which is um, which is which in English basically means uh, know the ways of the Lord. And that's like her biggest, like her most famous work among scholars. Um, so she became so popular that um, women that were essentially trying to become, you know, nuns or like, you know, go into, into comment. I don't know how that works exactly, but women that wanted to become nuns really wanted to study with her because she was very, very famous around Germany. And it, it was to the point where um, the convent had to be um, both men and women. So it was monks and nuns living together. And eventually they started running out of room so what she did is basically she took all her nuns with her and like and like the and like the convent that they were at um there were the the monks and the priests were like no like we want you to come back and and it was mainly because of money because like they had dowries like from the nuns that were living there so they were gonna lose money basically if they lost these nuns but she was like nope i'm starting my own thing so fuck you i'm leaving <laughs> i'm taking my nuns with me and so they left the they left the convent and the only person that wasn't a woman that they took was volmar which was the secretary and she founded two convents one in um her i guess her birthplace of bingham 
Bingen and uh, Rupertsburg. Okay, so her most popular her or her most famous uh, work of music is called the Order Virtutum, which is uh, a play of virtues, and this is considered the first musical slash opera way before even operas were a thing because operas didn't start till i believe the 1500s mm-hmm. um and so in it, it, so in this play everyone's a every character is a virtue and she would have the nuns do this play and so so every woman was a virtue and funny enough um so Satan was a part of this story, or a part of this play, and Satan was always played by a man, and any uh, he never sang in this, so he only had spoken words. It said that Volmar, the secretary, would always play Satan because he was the only man. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, but so they would and they would do it very often. I think they did it every probably like every month. And sometimes, like, the nuns would switch off roles. They would switch them off, or somebody would be like, oh, you know, like, you're playing, um, I, I can't remember the virtues, but whatever the, one of the virtues is. Uh, let's see. And so the other two books are called uh, the Liber uh, Vitae Memo- uh, Meritorum, which is the Book of Life's Merits, and the Liber Divinorum Operum which is the book of divine works. And those were the other two books, like I said, that that were part of kind of like this trilogy. And so the there was two other books that she wrote, which were more of the med, the medicinal side, which were the uh, Physica and Causa et Cure. And she wrote these in around like 1150. And they talked about you know, like natural, like just nature and like natural history. Uh, and she also used a lot of the, she used the four elements a lot, which are like worth, uh, wind. Wait, are they? Is that, is that a element? Fire. <laughs> it's wind, earth, fire. And ice. And, wa- and water. Yeah. And water. There you go. Sorry. I was yeah. thinking, I, was thinking uh, I mean, you know, it is a form of water. I was thinking of, uh, what's it called? Oh, man, Avatar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, so the part of Germany that she came from was very um, Celtic. And so there was still, I guess there was still some remnants of, like, I guess, pagan or just kind of, well, I mean, Christianity has a lot of that, but... Um, but so I guess her her ancestors were obviously were Vikings. She did draw, like she she painted and everything. And there's one painting that she has, which is um, which depicts God as uh, a red man, and they have and he has eagle wings, and these were very um, and if you look at it, like it's a very Native American inspired. Okay. And and, and you got to think, you know, like this, like they obviously didn't know about the Americas prior to that or prior to the discovery, quote unquote. But yeah, but that was basically from the, um, I guess, re- left 
over from like myth myth of like Vikings coming over to America, and that's just an interesting thing that I that I that I found out about about her about her paintings and everything. So like I said, she would use a lot of like natural like um, she studied natural remedies, and um, she also used the four humors, which is um, phlegmatic, choleric, sanguine, and uh, melancholy. And she would incorporate that into her, into her writings, into her, I guess, medicine. And I don't know how true this is, but she also probably, <laughs> she was very sex forward. Hmm. Um, and so she, she talked about um, what the female like body was like and like in the, in the female perspective. And um, she was very like, like sex, sex positive, but also like body positive. Yeah, like very um, forward thinking, especially for that time. Yeah, yeah, and and ah, man, I think I I don't have it anymore. But but she basically talks about the female orgasm, like oh, she sure. she describes it like in a in her own I guess in her own perspective. And you know that's like I said that's another interesting thing. <laughs> uh, let's what see. If, I, I don't know. Sorry, uh, I just. Because we always think of, um, of uh, you know, like every, every time there's more, uh, I don't know, what, what do we call them, civil liberties? You know what I mean? Um, do you think there was ever a time, I mean, obviously, I guess not in recorded history, but in unrecorded history where it was, uh, you know, like like the way we think of things now, that that, that happened already? You know, the way I was saying about a pendulum? Oh, shoot. Yeah, like, pretty much. Uh, oh, like, yeah. Do you think ever in unrecorded history there was a period where it was, like, you know, more what we would call now, I don't know if politically correct is the right term, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm sure of it, because, I mean, there's no way. And, I mean, why, I'm... Uh, and if you think about it, like, why why would all these, like, people that would, you know, um, I mean, like, Joan of Arc, for instance, I guess, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not a good example. Yeah, did she get burned at the stake? Well, yeah. she got burned, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, she, but she still, she still had, like, I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, she led a, an army, and mm. she won the first part of the war she was on. Yeah. Until she didn't. <laughs> Well, apparently she kind of went crazy in the sense that like she kept wanting to fight everyone else. <laughs> like oh, she didn't, she never, she never wanted to stop fighting essentially. Yeah. And it got to the point where like um, it wasn't very convenient for the French anymore, and so. Yeah, that was it. And so yeah, so she got killed. I don't know. I'm sorry, but yeah, go, going back to <laughs> the guard. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Man, I thought I had more about this, but... Man, poor, <laughs> poor lady. <laughs> you know what, too? And I wrote some, and I wrote stuff in, other, in another place, and now I can't find it. But whatever. It, uh, it also, uh, you know, the info you're giving. Uh, well, yeah, I was thinking when you said the visions, I mean, right away I thought of uh, Joan of Arc. But then the whole other thing about... Uh, you know, doing, you know, 
you know, being a, a musician, composer, philosopher, scientist, you know, like yeah. everything. It reminded yeah. me of um, in 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 uh, Mexican history, there was a lady named uh, Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz. Oh, uh huh. And yeah, yeah so it kind of yeah. reminded me of her too, because she was also a, a a nun, and then like Joan of Arc, she pretended to be a boy so she could study. So she could study, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So there's a lot of similarities. But you're right. It does. It it goes back to what you said about about repeating history, because it does. It does happen. Mm-hmm. And those are those are like very good examples. I guess the thing is that how much more impact, how much of an impact would it have been if these people would have been men? Like, because like that, that's another thing because, you know, because I don't think we would remember. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I know what you're getting. So mm-hmm. you mean to say that there's so many men already famous for so many things that they would just be lost yeah, in the would... sea of... Men being renowned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, and I think, and I think that's really important because, because I mean, they didn't put up with any shit, honestly, and like they, f- they all, they all fight until they all fought until their, you know, till their death, essentially, and yeah. and I mean, she lived on for a long time. Um, another thing that she did was she was also a poet, and despite her like knowledge of latin she really didn't really comprehend it i don't know how much she comprehended later on in her life but as she was learning it and uh and everything she had such a hard time with it and i think that it that was very remnant of like her her poetry because she essentially did of like a shakespeare thing where like she kind of made up words in latin she made her own um an alternate alphabet to okay. the to the um I guess I guess to the Roman alphabet. Um but like I said she would she would also um make up words to incorporate into her music from her poetry. And um she has this piece that's called the lingua ignata um an unknown language, that's what it's called. Um, so a lot of it, like I said, it's it's not necessarily gibberish, but it's just it's it's a made up language. Uh, one of the last things that she did before her death, though, she went to the town of Mainz, which is apparently far from where her from where her convent once, where her convent was, and and she was in her 80s, like she was 80 when this happened. Um, she went to this town of Mainz because. A priest was essentially like trying to um, unbury this man, this man that was in her uh, in her convent, because he had been uh, excommunicated, and she she wanted to give him a proper burial burial despite him being excommunicated, and there was a lot of protest from the church about this, and like I said, she went and went to go talk to them and was like. You can't take them out. You can't because, you know, it would be a sin. And that was basically, like, one of the last things that she did as her, um, I guess, her protest towards the church. Because, I mean, she she had a lot of things to say about the church, even yeah. as an... And that's another thing. That's another thing. Like, going back to who, what you're talking about, um, Sor Juana. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she, I think she became a nun mainly for independence. And I think that that's what a lot of nuns did. Because we don't really know about them. And, and I think a lot of the times they would go into um, become nuns to be, be independent. Because what else were they going to do? They were just going to be married off to someone. And that was just going to be it. So I feel like a lot of a lot of women would do that, become nuns for that reason, to become, you know, independent. I mean, just so they wouldn't have to be married to, to like, some random-ass dude. Yeah, and, okay. and, 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 you know, it's funny, and, and, and I never thought of it that way until, like, I watched the video about Sor Juana, too. It's going back, <laughs> like, I'm going back. But I guess there are parallels. She became a nun for that reason, to not be married off and yeah i'm just repeating myself but anyway so yeah so like i said that was the last thing that she did and she died in september 17th which we actually have a date of 1179 and she died at the age of 81 which is crazy because that wasn't the life expectancy at the time and she yeah so she died in uh in her convent in uh rupertsburg and so depending on people like I guess Catholics, Catholics, there's people that have considered her a saint forever, like, mm. since, since she died. But she was never officially, well, she wasn't officially canonized. Canonized. Is it? Is, it, yes. is that the word in English? Yeah, yes. no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, that didn't happen until um, 2012 by Pope... Uh, Benedict. Yeah, so Pope Benedict was the one that canonized her and made her a doctor of the church. And oh, she's and one of four women. A doctor? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So does that, is that like in the same as, you know, in a scholarly sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that was her. Cool. <laughs> Very... Very, very brief. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she obviously did way a lot more stuff, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's impossible to yeah, and like, thing in 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 one episode, especially when we're doing three. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, it's just meant to like inspire. Also, like, oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll go and do a deeper dive into such and such person's life. Oh yeah, for say. sure. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, like I said, she 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 did she she was very she was very well politically, um, in the sense that she knew how to get, um, her way essentially, and it wasn't necessarily her way; it was really God's way, in in her mind, and so like she al- she always was able to criticize the church and criticize all these people and all these men specifically because. I mean, that's who was in charge. Yeah. And 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 a lot of people put up with it. I don't I don't understand how people, especially at the time, put up with it so for so long. Because it wasn't till till her, you know, till her late seventies, by the time that she died, that they were like, you know what, like we're essentially done with you, and like they tried to. Uh, ban her convent from even singing the liturgy 
Because um, that was a thing. That was a that was a penalty that they got at one point, and and she did the same thing. She went to the people that were in charge, and was like, "You can't do this. Like, there's no way you can do this." Because um, music is just like a, a a right for everyone. Is mm-hmm. and they lifted the ban. And so they were able to do, yeah, so they were able to sing again and, you know, but that's how, but that's the thing, like, that's the, that's the impact that this woman had for years. Last year I saw, well, part of the conversation also reminded me of this movie. It was last year and uh, let me, let me get the name, little, it's uh, the, basically the plot is based on on um on a novel that um some uh it's called the do do de do de cameron ah i'm sorry oh, i'm so the, bad with these pronoun- yeah, the, pronunciations yeah the cameron yeah the camera there we go the cameron uh-huh. and it's about it's about just a a group of nuns that are uh you know i mean they're like Having sex with the with the farmer next door, and they're fighting over who, you know, who gets to f this guy. And... Is this is is this an old movie? No, no, it came out last year. I mean, the okay. the, the the writings are like, you know, like I guess medieval times. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, because there's a because I've seen a movie that's like that. It's it was it was made in the 70s, but it's it's like. It was an Italian uh, uh, director. Oh, I mean, yeah, there, I, I prob- mean, there probably have been other movies made. Yeah, the, yeah Well, the no. one I'm talking about, it's called The Little Hours. Oh, yeah. I know I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's with, it's Aubrey Plaza and, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I forget the name of the other actresses. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, she comes out in Glow, no? What's your name? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Alvin uh, Brie. Yes. Brie, yeah, Alison Brie, that's right. Uh-huh. And Amy Cucci. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's her last name. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it just reminded me of that, you know, nuns being nuns either because they had to or because they gave them some sort of freedom. I believe that happened. There's like no way. <laughs> I'm sure there was no. Uh... I guess parental control. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't do. I don't know how to. Th- I, I don't know what else to say. Or I don't know. Super supervision. I guess there wasn't as much supervision, so I'm pretty sure it happened. So I just looked uh, the Cameron-based movies, dude. There's a ton. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the one that I was telling you about is um is I think it's a bunch of stories. Because I actually got a, I, I bought a book. Uh, I don't can't remember what it's called. It might be that, but it might not be. It's that same thing. It's it's um, it's medieval writings, and they're just like basically stories, and they're all like raunchy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's what the the writings are about. Yeah. On like uh, uh, IMDb has forty one movies based on. That. On yeah, on the, the Cameron. But yeah, I mean yeah, just uh, that's what that's what it reminds. <laughs> yeah. 
Reminded me of. Well, yeah, there you go. That's that's yeah. that's it. <laughs> very nice ones. All right, Toby. I guess it's, it's your turn. All right. Uh, okay. So for for this week, I I, I got something kind of short too, kind of something a little more simple. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard to put somebody's life in in a certain order, especially in such a short time. You know. Yeah. So. I didn't go too much farther back than what I did last week. Just, you know, just threw it back to uh, the, the 60s. And I'm going to talk about uh, one of my favorite singers, Lash Riders, because he's fucking awesome. Um, you guys want to take a guess, or is it, like, too vague? I think that's too vague. Oh, yeah, Fabio, wait, 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 wait. Can you repeat it again? I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's in the mid-60s. One of my favorite singers slash writers, mostly known as a writer. Well, because of his okay. lyrics. But yeah, and like so, kind of just going back there, like long storied career. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is because I started thinking of like certain points in a musician's career where they change and people like fucking hate it. Like we've all heard it's like, oh, like I liked them to this album and they fucking sucked after that or something like that. Or oh, you said sixties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh oh, uh, I have an idea, but I don't have the name. Um. Did he pass away within the last three or four years? Oh, no, he's still taken. Oh, okay. Oh, then. <laughs> then it's not who I thought it was. What do you think it was? Uh, well, I can't remember the name. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, my God. I, I, I remember his quote. Um, you know, cracks are where the light comes through. Um. Oh my God! I can't remember his name. Cohen. I had to look it up. Leonard Cohen. Oh yes, yes, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen. <laughs> no, That's even right. though that Leonard like, and I wish I was a, a like I knew more. That's somebody I need to get more into, just you know, to find really get into the deep cuts. Because I mean, with Cohen, I only know like the, uh, you know, the uh, the hits. Anyway, getting back to like like the original thing. Um, yeah, like, you know, everybody always thinks, like, I'm pretty sure you guys can think of, like, an artist or somebody in the past that, like, you know, you're listening to them, you're enjoying the fuck out of them, and your friend's like, oh, I like their earlier stuff, but it's like, all right, whatever, you know, you kind of just go like that, roll your eyes at them, and, you know, continue listening to your music. But the one I was kind of alluding to without dragging it out too long was, was uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, like, I love Bob Dylan, you know. Oh, my God, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you guys have known me for a while, you guys know, every once in a while I go back into this fucking Bob Dylan phase, which, you know, doing this, like, brought me back to him again, yeah. but, um, yeah, he's, he's fucking great, but, yeah, he has a long-ass career, I don't know how many fucking albums he has now, I, like, and I can't say with the, like, I, I've never heard all of his albums, I've heard a lot of them, but not, you know, all of them, because he just has such a long story career. So essentially, the, the the point I'm talking about is: Have you guys ever heard of the Electric Dylan controversy? Yes. Okay, so Latin. They're gonna make a movie about it. Exactly, and that's one of the things that kind of sparked this interest because they they got that that guy who's a really good actor, uh, Timothy Chalamet, and he's gonna play Bob Dylan. So I was like, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I was like, You know, I can see it because the last time I saw saw somebody play Bob Dylan was Kate Blanchett, and she did. Freaking awesome, especially that era, Bob Dylan, you know? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, that movie had a whole bunch of people portraying Bob Dylan at different points in his life. Anyway, uh-huh. the point is that, you know, just get a little history of Bob Dylan. 
Bob Dylan was born, so let me get my notes, uh, in May 20, on May 24th, 1941, in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, and raised in Hibbing. You know, the, the legend goes that, you know, he grows up listening to records, gets inspired by country, gets inspired by all sorts of music, uh, especially folk. You know, one of his biggest guys was uh, Woody Guthrie. Yeah. So eventually, Bob Dylan makes his way, and this is super fucking condensed, you know, like there's a... This great documentary, and this is where I got like a lot of my information from too. Was um, it's called uh, uh, it's called No Direction Home, and there's two versions. The the second version I haven't been able to find because that's the original, which is like a good solid two-hour documentary. And the one that I found is like the long six-hour one. So yeah, that one's fucking Holy low. Shit. Yeah, it's fucking Scorsese. It's directed by Scorsese, and that's who did it. So it's really cool because you get to see like. You know, like a great filmmaker, great documentary about a great subject. Anyway, well, that's that's a documentary that I'm gonna watch over the next ten years because I, I still yeah, haven't finished it. <laughs> is that again, is that the again, one that's on Avengers. Netflix? The six-hour one? Uh, no, the one on Netflix is actually really good too. It's uh, called Rolling Thunder Review, and that's just about the time that he was doing. Uh, he was starting to do his touring, and he wanted to do smaller venues. Uh, that that's a different era. This is a later. That's a bit later, Dylan. Uh, but nice. Rolling Thunder Review isn't as long, and it's really enjoyable. I really loved Rolling Thunder Review. But yeah, anyway, like this one, like yeah. So the, the main story is he goes and he goes to uh, he goes to New York and starts playing at, uh, around the places in Greenwich Village. You know, starts playing at the Cafe Wa. Starts getting in bed in 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 like um, embedded into the uh, the folk scene right there in new york trying to get to know people much like anybody would in any scene right yeah um so he he just becomes this fixture of the scene by this point and eventually you know bob dylan moves on and he gets recorded he gets his first uh his first uh record deal and he gets you know like and that's when he's super fucking folksy like his first records are like the ones that everybody like knows like the first one's called bob dylan and it has songs like uh shit let me try to find one that somebody would like that's kind of like his uh oh yeah like it's just a bunch of old covers like he has like one or two in there that that's um traditional but all of these are traditional songs like man of constant sorrow uh fucking um in my time of dying you know just a bunch of these old blues uh you know house of the rising sun like that's kind of his first album goes uh-huh. And then he goes into the next one. The and these are all like you know if you see the cover of this album, the Free Will and Bob Dylan, you're like I know that record. Um, this one has his you know um, blowing in the wind, Masters of War, a hard rain's gonna fall, don't think twice, it's all right. Uh, talking World War Three blues, you know these are all songs that you know everybody knows. And this is Bob Dylan building a reputation himself as a folk singer. And that crowd of people are kind of just noticing, like, oh, shit, this guy, this guy, this young guy. And, of course, everybody knows Bob Dylan has a unique voice uh, for, yep. <laughs> for a way to put it. So it's like, and then I went down through the – I was trying to time myself, see how long I can stop myself from doing the Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was um, good, though. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and so, like, you know, he, he's kind of putting himself in, the, in this – in this hole where he doesn't even like it himself, you know, as a protest singer and like quote unquote protest singer, you know, he has uh, songs called like the times that are changing and people were connected to these songs like crazy, you know, he went to these, uh, you know, civil rights marches. He was hanging out with like all these civil rights activists, you know, 
So he was getting known in that square as a protest singer, as a folk singer, very much in tune with, you know, the Pete Seegers, the Woody Guthrie, stuff like that. And in the same way, you know, his fame is rising. He's becoming more and more famous. And Dylan, you know, in the documentary sometimes comes off a little bit kind of like, well, I didn't know what I was doing then, but uh, I was just trying to, you know, he just comes off very Dylan-y. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's interesting to see him, I guess, talk about how he's fighting against being pigeonholed as just a folk singer. So, you know, he starts getting weirder and weirder, you know, and he, you know, reaches another side of Bob Dylan, also another great record. And this is kind of like the more of the stuff, like his earlier stuff, like there you go again, is the stuff that I know more, you know, like It Ain't Me, Babe, Alan Thing D, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So come 64, 65, and he starts recording one of my favorite records from, like, he, he did, like, a string of records that were fucking great. Like, that's his really well-known stuff. Uh, like, bringing it, they call it the angry young man period. Uh, and this uh, is uh, Bring It All Back Home in 65, Highway 61, Highway 61 Revisited again in 65, and Blonde on Blonde, one of my personal favorites in 1966. And these albums are just like, bam, bam, right after another. But there's something interesting about, you know, um, bringing it all back home is that the first half, it's 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 electric. It's meaning that it's it has electric instruments, has drums that it has fucking, uh, you know, it's just more like, whoa, shit, what the fuck is this? And the second set is, of course, traditional Bob Dylan, just guitar, fucking vocals and shit like that. So this album was released in, you know, March of 1965. Uh, the single for that uh, one was, uh, which single was, I think, I don't remember which single he did for that one. I think it was Subterranean, Subterranean Homesick Blues. Um, was released maybe in July of that year, like July 20th or something. Mm-hmm. So the incident in question, the, the Dylan Electric con- Controversy, the Electric Dylan Controversy that, you know, been building up to, uh, <laughs> Is that you guys? You, have you guys heard of the? I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of it. Uh, the Newport Folk Festival. Yeah. So it was kind of started like way back in the day, uh, like in in July of 1959, uh, by Pete and a bunch of other people that like obviously folk and stuff like that. And I know it stopped for a while, but I think today it's still going. Now you get like it, it's kind of more mainstream. Obviously, you get some rock and roll acts, you get some jazz acts. It's a really well-rounded festival now, from what I understand and you can correct me if i'm wrong nothing because i know you you know this one pretty well no no i it's because they were two separate ones there was a jazz one and the folk one and the oh okay shit see still learning something great <laughs> things so essentially what happens is that dylan decides to like go out there and play his set with a band which like people were like at this time Dylan like I said known as a folk singer so he goes out there with the band and plays three songs I had them written down but you know he plays like um you know like a Rolling Stone which is like his his uh like yeah that's just like the the, the hit you know everybody knows that one mm. and people are like half of, like and like the, the way they that people were there describing it is that people were either booing, like a third of the people there were just like, boo, boo, fuck you, fuck you, whatever. Like, this is like uh, a perversion of, of folk and shit. Other people were like, hey, shit, that's pretty cool. And some people were just like, ah, shit, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. So essentially, you like, there were stories about like that whole thing. Like, 
supposedly Pete Seeger like wanted to grab an axe and cut into the cable, so he they just chop him off. People oh, were yelling, yeah, like it got dramatic. It's like, whoa, whoa, guys, he he's just playing the Stratocaster instead of his acoustic, you know? Uh huh. Or was it a telly? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, he plays like three songs and he just walks off stage and then you hear the promoters like, oh, come on, Bob, come back, play another song. And he just comes out and finishes off a set with his, um, uh, with his acoustic, just singing, you know, the normal songs that he's known for. And people are like, all right, cool. You know, they're, they're happy now. So cut to like, and like the critiques of people, like there's, there's videos of people critiquing it. And like, one of the things was like, oh, he's gone commercial. He's conceding to popular taste. How many times have we not heard about it? Like, you know, a band that we enjoy. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. He's prostituting himself. They called it corny. He's like, and one of my favorites was like, I like his earlier records better. Um, too much improvising. Like, these were certain critiques back in the day. You know, there was an, uh, an exchange between two people coming out of one of the concerts uh, in the UK because he did a UK uh, tour after that. Yeah. And that was the, I forgot where he was in the UK. That that's where the infamous, because uh, the, the whole folk community felt betrayed. Like this guy, he's our our new hero. He's the the front runner, you know. Like we lost Woody, but now we have Bob. Um, they uh, they they felt betrayed, so they like somebody yelled out in the in the audience, uh, called him Judas. He's like Judas. It's like holy shit. So oh. <laughs> yeah, so like everybody was like super hurt, you know. Yeah. People called it loud, harsh. There was a lack of intimacy. Um, they just fucking hated him. Like there was even this uh, this exchange between, like I was saying, like two two people coming out of one of those concerts in the UK, and one guy's like, you know, I was like, I thought it was interesting. It was pretty cool. Like I was just like enjoying it. And some other guy was like, the ticket said Bob Dylan, not Bob Dylan in a band. This is a perversion. This is this. This is that. Oh, so yeah, you know, a lot of uh, emotions running high. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and and that's one of those things with, with this that that's I find really interesting now. This moment in history is considered a pivotal moment for folk music that kind of Dylan allowed it by being the first one to break through that door, I guess, in a way to allow for more electric instruments in folk, that it doesn't just have to be this one thing. One of the things they kept asking him that I thought was an interesting thing. And also probably Dylan just being Bob Dylan, you know, was, was like, what, you're not a protest singer anymore. You don't like to sing protest songs anymore. And like his answer was always like, so of course all my songs are protest songs. I'm complaining about something or he's just, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing very, like, elaborately or very liberally. Yeah. But essentially you're saying, like, all my music is protest music. It doesn't matter what, what I'm protesting, but I'm protesting something, you know? Uh-huh. So this moment is considered pivotal in the history and evolution of folk, you know? And Bob Dylan not being the one to... He wasn't just turning away from folk. I mean, he does it every couple of years, you know? A few years later, he went, like, full-on country and released... Ah, oh, fuck, what's it called? Nashville Skyline. You know, years later, he would do Christian music, and then he would, like, dip into some Tex-Mex in the 2000s and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He even got one of the guys from, like, Los Lobos to uh, to, to play on, on one of his records, which is a really good song. Uh, like, uh, Beyond Here Lies Nothing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a really good tune. So, I mean, this is a guy that's constantly involving as an artist, and I guess just the idea of being, you know, put in a box and say, like, you're this kind of already is like, well, fuck this scene. This scene doesn't want me to thrive as a musician. They just want me to help their own agenda, I guess, in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that that's a pretty interesting place. I mean, yeah, Dylan having to fight to be original, which because we not just know Dylan as a pillar of, of American music, you know? Yeah, everyone knows his name. Everybody, everybody knows at least one song, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. So it, it's one of those things... Um, 
you know, just a pillar of fucking of American music that in his younger years was considered like, oh, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's fucking crazy. He's, you know, betraying all of us. But, you know, the way he thought it was just like, you know what, this is just the natural next evolution of what we're doing. And most of the people that that knew him or not necessarily knew him, but I guess knew him a little bit more intimately, knew like, OK, well, he's not doing anything bad. He's just expressing himself, you know. He was friends yeah. with um, Allen Ginsberg, and, you know, Ginsberg's like, yeah, I saw him switch from writing this style to writing this style. I saw him, like, do this to this, you know. And if he thought he could sing a melody to it, then he, you know, throw it into a song. Um, you know, he would talk to John Baez, and he would say, he's like, oh, people are going to be analyzing my lyrics. And he's like, I don't even know what they mean. I don't know where they come from. And for the record, John Baez is a pretty, pretty fucking solid Bob Dylan impression. If you, uh, whenever you see, like, her, <laughs> talk about it. Um, but yeah, it's just a curious little weird story about, you know, this dude just wanting to make the music that he's feeling. And of course, uh, this greater, or this greater movement or force being like, no, 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 you are supposed to be doing what we want you to do. And I guess in there lies a sense of artistry that he still has to adhere to no matter what the, the opposite word says, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you can't take constant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think Dylan would be Dylan if he had just continued playing uh, folk, which folk is great, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, you know, a lot more people know Dylan than know Gut- uh, Woody Guthrie. I mean, Woody Guthrie is great, but, you know. Yeah. Right now that you're saying all this, mm. it's, uh, I mean, you know, it's just the, the habit of, forming patterns right but uh because i mean like dylan is to i think to like folk and and rock what uh miles davis is to jazz you know he's like one of those guys that like whatever he well like with the impressions everyone has a dylan impression everyone has a miles <laughs> davis impression yeah so yeah his his main influence was uh well i don't know if his main but i guess his most well-known influence was uh, Woody Guthrie, but you end up knowing Dylan more than Woody Guthrie. So what, like kind of the same with Miles Davis, is one of his biggest influences was Charlie Parker, and you end up knowing more about Miles Davis than about Charlie Parker. Exactly. It's like, it's like the uh, it's like the student surpassed the teacher. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Exactly, you know, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because somewhere in the documentary, I can't even recall who said it, that they said, like, if the student does not surpass the teacher, then the teacher has failed or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's very, like, you know. Well, it's it's very symbolic, I think. It's yeah. just more symbolic than, than literal in a sense because – Cause you're right. Cause it's, it's like, it's like a parent wanting to, wanting their kid to have a better life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if I ever finish watching this documentary, uh, I'm about <laughs> two hours in right now. Uh, but it, it's great. You know, it's pretty interesting. It's, it, it definitely is something you can have on in the background and be in because it is hard to, I mean, yeah, I mean, six hours, like, yeah. No matter how good a movie or documentary is, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sit through it straight through for six hours. Yeah, and the audacity to, and I'm just kidding now. I, I know the audacity <laughs> to give us so much information. <laughs> uh, but yeah, essentially that that's just a little Bob Dylan story that I always find really 
funny uh well not really funny but really interesting with the little bits of humor spread around just because it's like shit he played electric and it sounds fucking cool like how dare he bring us something new to listen to people do that yeah you know it goes back to the stravinsky story on the first uh, podcast that's oh. true oh shit so yeah that that was that was my bob dylan story bobby yeah. d bobby d thank you thank you <laughs> That's clapping. Oh, I oh, you know what? I will say Bobby D for me is always gonna be Bobby Bob, Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. That's true. I never thought of that. I'm <laughs> 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 just blowing my mind. Like full circle, he is nominated for the Oscars. Oh no no no! Wait 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 wait! No, I'm sorry. That's he... wrong. It's Pacino. Um, okay, well, we can just edit this whole thing out then. Yeah, okay. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man, messed it up. Nah, nah, it's staying. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, there's so many Irishman nominations this year. Like, like saying Bobby D was nominated, like, yeah, that sounds about right. My mind was like, yeah, probably, probably right. Well, the thing I was hearing was that if they give it well, with a point that one person I follow, one of the podcasts I listen to, she was making a point of, I hope they don't give best director to Joker because that would be, you know, like a, like a slap in the face to Scorsese since they <laughs> took so much from Scorsese for that movie. Oh and yeah. Like, okay. We, we won't give you the, <laughs> the Oscar for taxi driver, but we'll give it to the guy that, took like a lot of you? your movie and since you're here too we'll give it to him right in front of you uh, hey, <laughs> dude, that would be like a slap in the face that's a, that's an interesting way of putting it yeah <laughs> so she was like i hope i really hope joker doesn't care. <laughs> they're gonna give it to to either scorsese or tarantino now that i'm thinking about it just as a like either scorsese because like all right here you go dude you brought back the old crew or Tarantino, because, you know, I don't know. <laughs> don't count my, my Oscar speculation as, 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 as fact. I'm, I'm just no, here man, as, as a layman. You know, no, it's, it's everything. It's all facts here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything's a fact. Everything's like 100% factual. Yes. <laughs> well, as much as we can be. <laughs> but yeah, Osc- Oscars on Sunday. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Spe- oh, sorry, sorry. Speaking of Billie Eilish and Grammys and oh yeah, yeah. Bill, uh, well, two weeks, two or three weeks ago, it was announced that Billie Eilish was going to do is going to do the theme song for the new Bond movie, and you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best, but you know, I'm 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 not I'm not all there. I'm not a hundred percent there. I think it's gonna be great. I mean, I, I know one of your your least favorite ones is the the Jack White one, right? No, that's that's a, I I like it. I know people hate it. I know a lot of people hate it. But is that a retraction? Are you retracting? No, no. Okay. The the one the one for um. The last one, both the movie and the theme song were really disappointing. Who did the last one? Uh, that guy, Sam Smith. Oh, uh, 
See, that's that's how that's how much I remember that one. <laughs> Dude, like like it yeah. had potential. It had potential, you know, the beginning and everything was good, and then he gets to the chorus and it just kills the whole kills the whole song and then he goes on an, an interviews and he's like yeah it took us like 20 minutes half an hour oh, to write shit. it I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, still one of the best ones is uh skyfall Ooh, yeah oh, yeah i love that song i freaking could listen to the song any day skyfall the movie was fun too i liked the movie but at the end it did feel a little home alone i mean i heard a lot of people say that but yeah, I mean, I mean, it was fine. It's it's still Bond at the end of the day. It's I'll just leave it. At, I just leave it at this. It's for me the Daniel Craig ones are Casino Royale, Skyfall, uh, Quantum of Solace, and then in a very far bottom, Spectre. Huh. I mean, it was such a big hype with um, Christoph Waltz coming back to play uh, what's his face. Blofeld. Blofeld, that's right. And yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, it felt like such a small. T- I don't know, but I do like Daniel Craig. I, of course, Casino Royale is by far the best one for me. Maybe I should talk about. Oh, I think I have my my theme for whatever the next time is. All right, just leave it. Just leave it at that. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it <laughs> okay. <at> that. <laughs> I'll start thinking of something too for. Uh... But yeah. Man. I... I feel awful because I had I had this I had this theme in mind for like two weeks and I totally blew it up by putting it off to the last minute. But that's um anyway ah anyway forget it forget yeah, it that has to stay in no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 none of that staying in there anyway uh sorry continue I. No, yeah, I mean, that's, you know... Yeah, yeah. We're just going to go off on tangents now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what are you doing, Tony? Are you going to be playing? When? Playing oh, what? Cause you, yes, because you said you had till 7.30. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh shit, no, I'm, I'm going to... So I've been trying to be a little healthier and just trying to go to the, 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 gym. the gym. Yeah, oh, so... Oh, oh, fuck so, yeah. So I've been trying to just be a little bit healthier with uh, been going with my, my friend uh, Frank and he's been kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, try this workout, try this workout. So and it's been really helping. It's, it's been good so far. And I've been proud of sort of actually been keeping up with it. I mean, yeah, as much as I have been, you know, between work and stuff like that. But yeah, that's it. I was going to go to the gym and try to not to die. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's good. But. I actually just de- declined going to the gym because oh, of yeah. homework and and this <laughs> and, the, and the podcast. I mean, I'm not, you know, I no, can no, still no, do I... some. I can still do something right now when I'm done. But I, I just, you know, it came up. It was part of the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the conversation. But yeah, dude, it's hard finding time for anything. Like, yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, completely agree. No, for sure. Speaking mm-hmm. of which. I'm gonna have to uh, log off in a bit. Should do we do a sign off or? Oh yeah. <laughs> what should our? I mean, should, we should have a sign off. I just don't know. I think it'll come naturally. Don't know it comes naturally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do will you try that one out? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm not gonna. Doing what comes? No, no. Never mind. Well, again, uh. 
Fuck. <laughs> Man, how did I ever how did I ever sign myself up to do this? Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. So I mean, just as a I guess as an ending, just just follow us on Twitter and uh, and Instagram and uh, and comment and you know and subscribe and all and do all that because. Oh, we actually had a there. There was a there was a comment. Oh, really? On the pot, uh, yeah, on Apple Podcast. What they say? Um, oh that, my god! I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, go, 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 Can go, we go. handle this? Can we handle this? Oh no no no! It's it's not bad. No, but oh, okay. it, it's funny because it's funny because the only the only two um criticisms that I've got well not criticisms uh the uh what's it called like any kind of like comment on anything um um what was i even saying now fuck oh the comment oh yeah yeah yeah. but the i've gotten like one comment out of uh someone really liked the very first thing was um they liked the sildjian (laughs) the the history of the sildjian yeah and um and and room and the one for yeah the next one or for i guess uh, it'll come out but uh for rumors oh really oh cool yeah. like the, the rumors one yeah yeah one. i've yet to get anything from me but <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what matters that does not matter uh but yeah no um yeah but in the in the like i said in the in the apple one it, they thought it was very informative and they liked the rumors portion <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So just I don't know, just like I, I still haven't heard that one. So oh, I don't know yeah. if I agree with this person. So ah. we know it definitely wasn't nothing that, that commented on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just I mean I just wanted to leave it off with that. Anyway. All uh, right. Well, thanks yeah, for the yeah. comment for the what? It, yeah. 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 Thank you. Feedback. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, like I said, so follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get more. I'm trying to make more, do more stuff on it. I just, you know, it's a learning what, process, I guess. What, yeah, what the handle? Oh, sorry, yeah, the yeah, the handle is um, Art of Whatevs, and um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome. Fuck, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for listening again, and uh, I'll see y'all later. Thanks. Bye.